everyone and welcome back to Talks with Terry. As always, I am Terry and we are continuing our journey through this month of Thanksgiving. The last episode was centered around ways that people celebrated certain Thanksgiving style uh, celebrations all around the world uh, from every continent, from various countries. And we got to see that uh, while many of them focused more on things like uh, the annual harvest that has been going throughout all of history, some of them centered more around religious holidays, uh, family traditions, or even national events such as uh, independence. Um, But... We're going to continue on, and today we have a nice episode for you that I have cobbled together uh, in the last couple of minutes. Um, But nevertheless, this is still going to be an important episode, and I want to get this episode out of the way because, to be honest, kind of a bummer uh, when you go into it because that's how a lot of history can be. It's kind of a bummer. Uh, and you know, I want to, it's important that we talk about it, but I also want to get it out of the way and, you know, not go into, uh, the week or the weekend of Thanksgiving on a sour note. So that's why I'm going to use this time to talk about this topic with you guys. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you understand the historical lessons or significance behind it. And then that can be in sort of the back of your minds as we move forward into the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, And you can sort of just keep that in the back of your head as to what is really underneath the holiday of Thanksgiving. And so this episode today is going to be focusing on the history behind uh, the first Thanksgiving, or Thanksgiving as we know it. The story of the um, of the people of Plymouth, the pilgrims, coming over on the Mayflower into the New World, establishing the colony of Plymouth, and eventually encountering the Native Americans uh, and holding a feast with them. We are going to go over some of the lesser talked about details and sort of the the general understanding of what the Thanksgiving holiday is all about. And then we are going to sort of compare it to the more um, beneficial or the more lighthearted version of history and then the um, the more nuanced and slightly darker version of that history uh, that leaves out a lot of those key details. So it is going to get a little, uh, it is going to get a little serious and bloody near the end, um, but I think it is important that we uh, dig deeper into why we uh, celebrate the things that we celebrate, um, because even though Uh, It has sort of become a staple in our history for so many years uh, for uh, other populations of individuals in this country. Uh, It is not exactly a time of celebration, so we'll get all into that. 
So for starters, again, let's just refresh ourselves with the idea of the first Thanksgiving in Plymouth. Uh, sort of the, the History Channel documentary version that we were all brought up with in school to talk about. Um, so in September 1620, uh, people on the Mayflower left from Plymouth, England, carrying uh, 102 passengers, um, many of whom were, they were separatists uh, of the local religion in England, and they felt they were being persecuted, and they feared for themselves, and they figured they would have uh, more prosperity in the New World, a.k.a. America. So they left, they had a very difficult crossing, uh, that lasted about 66 days, um, but they landed near the tip of Cape Cod, um, and they established, uh, and they soon established what would become uh, the colony of Plymouth uh, in uh, the northeastern United States. Um, now, historically speaking, um, it was... It was very brutal for all colonists who came over to the New World and who tried to set up official uh, colonies, especially in the New England area, where you have places like uh, the colony of um, Roanoke that mysteri that had everyone mysteriously disappear, or you had uh, the first colony of a place like Jamestown, which had a lot of conflict and struggle within it. Uh, and Plymouth was no different. It had its own uh, very uh, serious issues to go in. So first off, they had to survive one of their first brutal winters. Um, but during that time, uh, many colonists remained on the ship just because they didn't really have adequate shelter for themselves. Um, but still on that ship, uh, they were exposed to... Um, just exposure, being exposed to the elements, as well as scurvy and many other contagious diseases that were common at the time. So only half of the Mayflower's original passengers and crew lived to see their first New England spring. In March, the remaining settlers moved ashore, where they received an astonishing visit from a member of the Abenaki tribe uh, who greeted them in English. Uh, several days later, uh, this member of the Abenaki tribe returned with another Native American named Squanto. He was a member of the Pawtuxet tribe who had been kidnapped by an English sea captain, sold into slavery, uh, before escaping to London and returning to his homeland on a, a sort of expedition. Um... So, you know, but Squanto, he's kind of this character who he knew English, he knew a bit more about uh, Western customs at the time, and so he became sort of an interpreter between individuals. So it was said that Squanto taught the pilgrims how to cultivate corn and get sap from maple trees and catch fish and avoid all of the dangerous animals and plants. Um... But the big thing he did was forge an alliance between the uh, Plymouth settlers and the Wampanoag tribe. Um, 
it was it was a local tribe very close to the area and um it uh it it had been there for many years and it would only survive about 50 more years um it uh, it's said to be one of the sole examples of harmony between european colonists and native americans uh well i think we can get into that a little bit later and especially in another uh, another topic or another series um, where we might delve more into Native American history, but uh, there were other colonists um, and there were other people from Europe who had very uh, beneficial relationships with tribes. So I wouldn't say that uh, the Wampanoag in Plymouth was the, the only example of harmony between Europeans, um, but uh, they did hit it off in the very beginning. Um, so in November 1621, the Pilgrims had their first corn harvest. Uh, it was very successful. Governor William Bradford uh, wanted to hell hold a celebratory feast uh, and invited a group of the uh, of the colony's Native American allies, uh, including the Wampanoag chief Massasoit. Um, into this Thanksgiving, and uh, it's it's worth saying that um, you know again this probably wasn't the first Thanksgiving in North America, and also um, the people had celebrations or times of Thanksgiving just in general, especially just but it was all for religious reasons where you know people would come together and they would sort of pray to God and give thanks for um, the good stuff that happened to them. Uh, and so this kind of ended up being one of those times. It was just also capped off with a, a harvest feast. Um, and uh, it was also a, a lovely scene of friendship uh, for the little bit uh, that it happened. Uh, the festival, this first Thanksgiving, was said to have lasted three days. Um, it was, you know, said that... Uh, it was said that they had a variety of meal of uh, meals for people to eat. There was, of course, the corn they harvested, uh, some other grain, uh, some other local game. Uh, I don't know if they f actually did find turkey. They definitely had deer. That was actually reported in uh, one of the historic accounts from one of the colonists. Um, but they but they definitely had um they definitely had a, a wide assortment of things um and so this sort of became uh this sort of became just the general idea of the first thanksgiving uh pilgrims came over uh native americans helped them uh plant uh and survive off the land and they all came together as sort of one big happy family. Uh, and, you know, that's sort of the end of it. Which, of course, we know now it, it is not. Um, there are, and first of all, all of that stuff that came out, I mean, that's from History.com. And for the most part, it is true. Like, that stuff likely did happen. Um, but there are, of course, some of the more hidden details that are left out of the story that I think we need to talk about. So first off, I wanted to, you know, cycle all the way back and it was and discuss who were the pilgrims really because you kind of heard about them a little bit 
when discussing uh, just world history in general uh, and early American history of wondering who came over to settle the place. And, um, and uh, you know, there's always the little section about who the, the pilgrims were, these people uh, who came from Plymouth, England. Um, and generally speaking, uh, it's you don't hear too much about them um, but they're, but we should talk about them because you, you got to know who were these individuals that came over and sort of had the first Thanksgiving. Who were we? Who were we sending over uh, to the New World, and who was coming to the New World to try and survive? And so you hear the term pilgrims a lot, and it's like, okay, but you know, who were they? Why were they coming over here? We heard there was some religious reason. You know, what was it? And so it all kind of dates back uh, to the history of England where, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, there was sort of a big uh, schism in the religious base of England. It was all, you know, this whole thing was started by Henry VIII, uh, one of the most infamous rulers of England at the time. And he sort of separated England from the the Church of Rome, the Catholic Church of Rome, um, for his own kind of personal reasons. I think if you look back in the history, it's like I he wanted a divorce from his current wife, uh, and the Pope wouldn't allow it, and so he said, I'm going to make my own church. And then he kind of did, uh, which became the Church of England, and uh, was sort of the start of the Protestant, um, the Protestant uh, religion as uh, we see fit today. Uh, at least that's my understanding of it. Um, but so, year, you know, of course, years went by and uh, the Church of England is moving on. It's becoming the, the main namestay of, uh, of England at the time. However, there were a lot of people within England who did not uh, particularly like the Church of England or the direction it was going into, and there was a group that was sort of jokingly uh, or mockingly called the Puritans. These were individuals who looked at the practices of the Church of England and they said, you know, they're no better than the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, they, you know, they're too reliant on things like ceremony. Um, they're too lenient when it comes to just day-to-day -day life. Uh, they were, the Puritans were very, I guess that you could say they were the closest thing to biblical literalists, um, who put a lot of, uh, who put a lot of faith and a lot of action into what was actually in the Bible itself. Um, and many people within the Church of England and therefore within the population mocked them basically saying they were a bit serious. They were a bit too serious and took things a bit too literally and too seriously. Um, and for some Puritans, that led them to be ridiculed and therefore uh, reportedly um, uh, persecuted uh, for the way they held their beliefs. And this led a lot of them to uh, fear for their safeties, basically, um, you know, they didn't want these mobs of people coming to sort of destroy them just for speaking bad about the church, uh, which I don't know if there was really a basis for those fears, um, but 
regardless, that's what happened. So many of them, uh, many of them that didn't sort of relax their ways, uh, these Puritan uh, sects of people, they ended up uh, going to many different parts of the world, and especially parts of Europe, um, to try and escape that persecution and, you know, find places where they can live out their own religious belief systems. Uh, and for the people of Plymouth, it is said that they uh, ended up going into Amsterdam and uh, then into another um, uh, another Dutch uh, city at the time. And they sort of lived there for a while, but then they also feared later on that the Dutch government was going to start uh, coming down on their belief systems as well, and so they figured the safest place for them to be would be in the New World. And so uh, they, um, and so, you know, they moved out and um, in, uh, they moved out and they were the ones who eventually became uh, sort of the pilgrims who gathered on the Mayflower. Uh, and made their way to um, to the New World, and eventually established the uh, Pilgrim uh, the Pilgrim Colony uh, at Plymouth Rock, and therefore became uh, Plymouth, uh, Massachusetts. Um, and so that is the uh, that is sort of the the main thing coming out about. Um, that's sort of the main thing that's coming out about the, the history of the Pilgrims and the Puritans. However, it's also worth noting here, the main difference between the Pilgrims and the Puritans is that the Puritans did not consider themselves separatists. They called themselves non-separating non-separ- uh, Congregationalists, by which they meant that they had uh, not uh, repu- uh, repudiated the Church of England as a false church, but in practice they acted from the point of view of um, of other members of uh, the Church of England exactly as how the separatists were acting. Uh, it's also said here by sixteen by the sixteen forties, uh, their enterprise in Massachusetts Bay had grown to sixteen that or not sixteen ten thousand people. Uh, they soon outgrew the bounds of the original settlement and spread into what would become uh, Connecticut, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, and Maine, and eventually uh, beyond the limits of New England. So it's kind of a thing of not all Puritans uh, are similar to the pilgrims that came over. Uh, There are some differences there, and you can read up more about that again. A lot of this information I have is coming straight from uh, historychannels.com. So going on from that, uh, there was a bit more, there's a bit more going into the history of it, and this is kind of when it starts uh, going south. And so, again, generally most of the info that we have heard uh, regarding the historical accuracy of the first Thanksgiving is pretty true. It's pretty plausible, um, and there are some records to go off of. They they didn't they likely didn't have some of the foods that we later brought into the Thanksgiving lexicon. Like they probably didn't have pumpkin pie or anything like that, mainly because they didn't have 
sweetener or sugar, but um, but the the tradition is very much the same. Um, the and it lasted pretty much a year. Uh, this alliance uh, between the uh, the pilgrims of Plymouth and the Wampanoag tribe. Um, it's said that thousand, uh, you know, as more and more English colonists came to Plymouth, um, they of course had to expand themselves, and so they started taking over land, and so they started the authority figures started asserting themselves over. Uh, the Wampanoag tribe and many things of their Wampanoag life. Um, and of course, one of the, uh, one of the most noteworthy things that, uh, we Europeans brought over to the Native Americans were, uh, disease. And it's estimated that, uh, disease reduced the New England indigenous population by 90% in the early 1600s. Um, and it, uh, you know, so we just being around them, we, you know, we took a lot of them out just cause they weren't prepared, uh, to deal with the diseases that we had been living with. Um, and more, and then more conflict would come later, uh, but in more physical conflict. So after Massasoit, remember chief Massasoit of the Wampanoag, um, he so he eventually died, of course, and his son, uh, Metacomet, uh, he inherited the leadership of the Wampanoag tribe, and a lot of people in English, uh, they translated his name as uh, King Philip. Um, so, after he inter- inherited the leadership, though, uh, a bunch of his men were executed for the murder of the. Pungapog interpreter and Christian convert uh, John Sassamon. Uh, and this execution of the Wampanoag men ended up sparking what would become King Philip's War. So Wampanoag warriors responded with raids, and at the time, in this is later, this is very much later on in 1675. The New England Confederation of Colonies declared war in 1675. Um, it is uh, it is apparent, according to the Historical Journal of Massachusetts, um, uh, Professor Robert E. Cray Jr. said that the death toll could have been around 30% of the English population and about half of the Native Americans in New England at the time um so and it unfortunately did not go the way uh for the native americans um many of them were of course killed and uh metacomet who again remember his father um had he was he had celebrated at the first thanksgiving um but metacomet was uh, beheaded and dismembered and um, his uh, head was impaled on a spike and reportedly put on display for 25 years. Um, and so, of course, it... Um, and so, of course, this is the... That is sort of the untold 
um, later history of the relationship between the Native Americans and the uh, the the Plymouth Pilgrims that came over. That was sort of their how their relationship all ended. And it's again, it's not a unique story, especially according to history, but it's. It, it's a story that we tend to, of course, uh, take out all the disgusting bits and only have the cheerful one that we can teach to our kids so that they understand uh, where we get um, uh, where we get Thanksgiving from. Uh, and you know, it's it's again, it's one of those things of history where uh, if you're teaching that to a first grader, that's fine. You know, let them believe that, but. Um, but then some people don't grow out of that, uh, that myth that we have sort of built for ourselves and they, uh, tend to forget or not even acknowledge the, the negative history that was sort of woven throughout, um, all of that. And so that's why it's important to realize that, uh, for many people, especially for, uh, the indigenous populations of North America, um, they, they don't really, they don't really look upon Thanksgiving as favorably. Many of them, uh, they call, they, they call the event, uh, either Thanksgiving or the Thanksgiving massacre. Um, and they, you know, they use the holiday to sort of tell the, the true history about it. Um, and it is, uh, and since 1970, uh, an organization called the United American Indians of New England, they've, they use Thanksgiving as a day of mourning. It's called, for them, National Day of Mourning. And many uh, Native Americans go to Plymouth, the actual city of Plymouth, um, and they march and they hold a demonstration uh, demonstrations sort of uh, in in remembrance and of mourning of the Native Americans that have sort of lost their lives uh, to colonialism really um, there is and you know there's all there's a plaque about this in the city itself and it says participants in National Day of Mourning honor Native ancestors and the struggles of Native people to survive the day it is a day of remembrance and spiritual connection as well as a protest of the racism and oppression which Native Americans continue to experience. So again, this is wasn't meant this wasn't meant to be a super cheerful episode and of course um, it uh, and of course it's uh, it's one of those pieces of history that, we tend to gloss over a lot of details in order to make ourselves um, feel better, I guess. Um, but, you know, I'm not trying to put you all down. I'm not trying to rally us all together and say, get rid of Thanksgiving. Um, but, again, Thanksgiving is a time where a lot of people are thankful for the the benefits and the blessings that life has bestowed upon them whether it is from their higher power, their God, or whether it is from their own hard work and blessings. Um, there is a lot of, obviously not every Thanksgiving table is made the same. Um, 
for people. And so, and again, the the thing about history, and as I continue to do these episodes, and as I continue to try to delve into the history behind uh, some of these topics, the more we have to understand that um, uh, it's it's the it's the old cliche, but it's a it's a cliche, and it's a good saying for a reason. It's that um, you know those who don't study history are doomed to repeat it. It is because that we often uh, neglect or uh, believe a false version of our history that um, that we continue to run into the same problems uh, that happen in history. And so for anyone who, for the two or three people that end up listening to this, uh, what I want you to understand when you're uh, after listening to this, what I under- want you to understand when it comes to, you know, those three or four days that uh, we get off that weekend where we get to um, have Thanksgiving celebrations and prepare for Christmas or whatever it is you do, I, I want you to understand that it's not the same celebration for everybody. Not everyone celebrates it the same way as you. And there are people that don't get to, um, they don't get to have Thanksgiving the same way that you do. And you also have to understand that the history of the holiday that you, uh, that you are celebrating, uh, there's some darkness in there. There's a little blood mixed in there as well. It is the story of a, a somewhat radical group of Christians coming over to North America um, and, you know, doing their best to make friends with uh, and accept the bounties of the, uh, of, of the land and of the people who uh, called the land their home. Uh, and thus repaying that hospitality uh, with violence. That's it, it's kind of a it's kind of a sad and uh, dark way of looking at it. But really, that's kind of what it boils down to. Um, but again, things have changed over time. Not a whole lot, but there have been some massive changes. And I think one of the greatest ways that we can sort of change this sort of dark specter of Thanksgiving is to accept what that dark history of Thanksgiving was, what it is, and incorporate that into our modern holiday. And instead of it being this falsified narrative of uh, two of two very different worlds coming together and being buddy buddies after it, um, acknowledging that it um, it was meant to be a celebration of people coming together as human beings and uh, celebrating the success of what can happen uh, when we cooperate with one another, and so you know, this year, maybe try to do something other than just having 
family over. If you're the type of family that goes and volunteers every Thanksgiving, great for you. I, you know, I love hearing about that. Um, if, you know, if you have the ability, if you have the opportunity, um, go to a, you know, try to sit in with a, a group of individuals who either don't celebrate Thanksgiving or celebrate something other than Thanksgiving at this time of year and learn from them. Learn uh, learn why they believe what they believe in. Learn uh, why they celebrate or why they uh, mourn the way they mourn and get their side of the picture. And, you know, don't just make don't just make thanksgiving oh that's the holiday where we all get together eat food and watch the football game you know try to um try to put a bit more spirit into it and remember that the the main idea of what this was is about cooperation and how we as human beings can accomplish so much when we do so and so i think if we do that then Thanksgiving will have a bigger effect than some of the other more commercialized um, holidays out there. And at the end of the day, I think a lot of us um, out there really just want the holidays to be about the spirit of the holiday and not all of this, um, not all of this sort of cheap, you know, commercialism, whatever it may be. I think a lot of people are uh, growing sick of it. But anyway, that's enough me being all doom and gloom. Um, again, I, you know, I don't mean to step on your guys' holiday parades. I hope you do enjoy this time of year, especially I enjoy fall a lot. So I really hope you all continue to enjoy it too. I hope you all continue to learn um, in the ways that you want to learn. Uh, and I hope that this episode has been uh, sort of a, a nice way of helping each other learn a thing or two. Um, so thank you all for continuing to support this. We're going to continue on with the uh, this sort of month of Thanksgiving. Um, it'll be a bit trickier to come up with topics now that I've covered sort of the big two I wanted to cover. Um, but we might have something that's a little more lighthearted and not as structured, something that doesn't have a whole lot of research into it. Um, and then we might do something that's, you know, just a bit more fun. They're not all going to be dark and brooding like this one was, I promise. Uh, in the next couple of episodes, I'm going to try to be a bit more jolly um, as we get further into the uh, as we get further into the holiday season. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening and thank you so much for sticking, uh, with me. Even if you've only listened to one or two episodes, I appreciate it. So again, you can reach out to me, talkswithterry at gmail.com. That's probably the best way to get to me. Uh, I'm also, uh, at T with T podcast on Twitter. Uh, don't check that one as often, but I'm trying to be better about that. Reach out to me with questions, comments, uh, or critiques if you have if you have a way that you think can make the show a bit better uh, and of course if you think so- if you run across someone and think that this show is something they might enjoy uh, go ahead and send them my way and I'd be happy to um, I'd be happy to add more people to this growing list of uh, somewhat fans I guess um, but finally thank you guys once more 
and I hope you guys have a great week. Stay warm out there, um, stay humble, and uh, have a great rest of your week. Thank you.